So I jotted down some of the shilas that I got. Uh, I think I have six in total. We'll run through them together. The first one was a shiloh that I've definitely mentioned in the past, but I think it's definitely Kedai to, to Chazar over. Um, and that's the, the sugya in halacha called Maisa Shabbos. Maisa Shabbos means benefiting from Chil Shabbos. That's done accidentally. Now, if Chilil Shabbos is done on purpose, that, that, that is very severe and you can't benefit from it, but I'm not going to go into that right now because the truth is, Baruch Hashem, it's very rare for someone to be Mechal Shabbos b'meizid. That's not the ca- classic, uh, uh, that wasn't the case that came up. The, cl- the case that came up was someone was Mechal Shabbos by accident. Very simple. They're in the bathroom, the light was off, and they accidentally turned the light on. So the question is, what is the halacha? So the truth is like this. The Shulchan Aruch writes in the beginning of Shin Yud Ches that if someone is Mechal Shabbos B'Shoigig, Konsin and Shoigig Atumezid, meaning you are not allowed to benefit from the, Shab- from the, from the Malacha on Shabbos. Which means that if Chil Shabbos is done even accidentally, you are not allowed to benefit. If this is biblically forbidden Malacha. We'll get to Rabbinic rabbin for, uh, Forbidden Malacha in a moment. Now, by the way, for the record, just it happens to be in that circumstance with the bathroom, I told the person they're still allowed to use the bathroom because Using the bathroom is not benefiting the light, but you can't read in the bathroom. You could do in the bathroom whatever you were able to do in dark, but anything, so if you go into the room, they turn on the light. You could still sit there, but you can't read, you can't do anything. That's considered benefiting. That's the Shulchan Aruch. The Mishabura brings down that the Vilna Gain disagrees. The Vilna Gain felt that Shoigeg is permitted to benefit from. So how do we paskin? So the Mishabura says that you could, Ashkenazim could rely on the Grah B'makam Tzairuch. So, you have to know exactly what the case is and when it's necessary. But for Svardim, it's absolutely an issue. For Ashkenazim, it's permitted. I've mentioned many, many times, I'm not going to go through the whole Maisa, but the case was, we once had this years ago, that um, the chulant was heated up. Uh, accidentally, someone added cold water to the chulant. Uh, this is like, it was around, it might have been Shabbat it was right around Shabbat And... Uh, a significant amount of cold water was added to the chulant, accidentally, because the chulant was burning. And they didn't realize that you have to put boiling water, not cold water. So they cooked. So some of the chulant, in essence, some of the chulant was cooked on Shabbos. Accidentally, of course. So, so uh, this is when Yossi was still here. I remember it happened like right before davening. So the whole davening, I'm looking into the halachas. So I told, so the psak was, Ashkenazim b'makam tzorich, if this is your meal, you can eat it. Svaradim cannot. And someone asked me, maybe the Svaradim could rely on the gra. No. Ravavadia held very stark in this area specifically. You know, Yosef, he says, Svadim should not follow the grow. They should follow the Shulchan Aruch. That's what they do. So, um, I... No, but they, the problem is that part of the water is boiled. It's hard to know. It could, it's hard to know. You're right. It could be it was mutter, but I wasn't 100% sure. It was Shabbat Shuvah. So of all the Shabbosim that I didn't want to mess around, so I made an announcement. It, was always, it goes down as one of the funny announcements. The announcement after davening was, something happened to the Cholent. Svardim cannot eat it. Ashkenazim can if necessary. And that was, uh, you know, but that's called Maisa Shabbos. Now, I, I just want to mention two things. When it comes to Maisa Shabbos, which is, again, if Chil Shabbos happened accidentally, which is the common application, the Gros says, uh, says mutter, Shulchan Aruch says Aser, Mishabura says Ashkenazim Kurala, the Gra. Now, the Ramah doesn't address it. It's just Shulchan Aruch and Gra. Now, what's interesting is this is only true if it was Chil Shabbos Deraisa. Let's say you're Mechal Shabbos Derabana. Whatever the case is, you do Boirer that's rabbinic. Whatever it is. The Mishabura in Bir Alacha brings down from the Gra that the Gra says that even the Shulchan Aruch would be okay with. 
if it was rabbinic Chil Shabbos. But there's two rabbinic Chil Shabbos that you cannot apply. And this is why you have to know halacha. I remember I, I made a mistake once when I was in yeshiva. Someone did Chazara by accident. So I said, well, okay, Chazara is derabanon. That's why you can't learn halacha out of order. Shin Yuches, Chazara is derabanon. Everyone could be medical. The problem is, if you learn, look earlier in Simen Reishnun Gimel, the Gemara specifically says, it's brought down in Shulchan Aruch, the Chazara and Shehiyah were the two rabbinic prohibitions that Chazal specifically said is an issue. Why? Because people were taking advantage. People were doing it on purpose, claiming it was accident. So those are the two exceptions. But the average Chil Shabbos Derabon on that is for sure fine B'Shagik to benefit from. One more Shaila that comes up that's related to this, and then we'll go on to the next one. Let's say something is done accidentally. So the Svaradim are very Machmer, and even Ashkenazim, they try to be Machmer in case if it's unnecessary. But, I will say this, what happens in the following scenario? And this is not by a guy. Goyim have different halachas. That's Amir Lakam. I'm talking about Jews here. Jews doing Chil Shabbos. Someone brings a bottle of wine from either outside of the Erev, outside of Tchum, drove it to you. Can you drink it? So you'll say to yourself, well, this is a bottle of wine that was brought to me. They don't know. They don't know anything. It's accidental. But I'm Svardi. Or I, I like to be Machmer. Can't drink it. The Biralacha brings down Shita from the Chay Adam, but the Chay Adam says, the Primigadam, sorry, the Primigadam says, the whole issue of benefiting from Chil Shabbos is only when the item itself was changed due to Shabbos. But when you have an item that is the exact same item, but it was transported on Shabbos, the bottle of wine is the same bottle of wine. What happened was it was brought to you on Shabbos in a non permitted way. That, the Primigadam says, you could be Makal. It is a discussion. But for that, there is makum to make. So I'll tell you practically, if someone who's not religious brings uh, fruit, or they bring a bottle of wine to your house, assuming obviously it's kosher, whatever it is. So according to most opinions, you could drink it. And especially to avoid chas embarrassing them, you could definitely be makal even for svardim. Because it's not just shoigig, it's shoigig on a malacha that did not change the mohus of the item. So that the Bir Alacha, the Bir Alacha brings down to Bibankel in the beginning of Shin Yudchas. Okay. I'll tell you like this. Um, to address it, first of all, to ask a Jew who's not religious, let's say the score of a baseball game, knowing that there's a chance he'll look it up is absolutely usher, because that's Lifnaiver Lositi Mikshal. He's obligated to keep Shabbos. And for you to ask something, not you specifically, but for someone to ask something that would lead a Jew to be Michal Shabbos is Mamash Asr. So that's for sure not allowed. So you shouldn't even ask him, like, what's the forecast for tonight? Because you have to have seichel and you have to know. They're going to check their phone. That's for a Jew. Now, for a non-Jew, I would still say it's not allowed. I'll tell you why. Amir Lakum is only permitted under certain circumstances. Just because I want to know the score. Now, if the guy, listen, if the guy knows the score, he's a Yankee fan, he knows the score, and you go over to me and say, oh, what happened last night? He said, Yankees won. Okay, fine. Uh, whatever. Whether that's what you should be doing on Shabbos or not, that's, that's irrelevant. But, but to ask him a question that could lead him to, God forbid, looking on his phone, which is Amir La'akum, and he's going to say he needs it for himself. Maybe, but maybe he checked it up for you. So because there's a chance it's... Uh, correct, correct. And that's why it's definitely something that should be avoided for sure. Um, moving right along to question number two. And that is, someone asked me today, I got an email, good friend of mine, and he asked me, what is the halacha about speaking about answering Kaddish or Kedusha in between the Shel Yad and the Shel Rosh. So let me explain. Baruch Hashem, I think we all know this, but it's just good to chazer for anyone that's 
that's not familiar. Between the Shalyad and Shalrosh, you are not allowed to speak. First of all, also to speak, the Gemara even says that it was an example of an Avera that would get you rejected as a soldier. Right, the Gemara says that the soldiers would have to be Yari Shemaim. An example of a Yari Shemaim is someone who does not speak between the Shalyad and the Shalrosh. So you're not allowed to speak between the Shalyad and Shalrosh. Now let's talk about, and by the way, you're not allowed to speak at all, even related Kaddish, Kedusha, Amen, nothing. You're not allowed to answer on Amen. You're not even allowed to talk about the Tefillin. Now let's talk, so, Lichachila, nothing is allowed. Now let's talk about what happens if you did talk. So there's basically two categories. Let's say you talked about something, Stam, you talked in between Shalyan and Shorosh. You said, excuse me, or, oh, sorry about that, or you just said anything, you know. So Shulchan Aras says like this, here's the halacha, there's a difference between Svaradim uh, and Ashkenazim, but it's really, it depends on your minik. We know that there's two different minhag within Klal Yisrael. Um, some people make one bracha, and some make two brachas. You could sort of split it up between Svaradim and Ashkenazim, Svaradim make one, the Ramah says two, but even with Ashkenazim, some Hasidim say one, so I'm not going to do Svaradim and Ashkenazim, it's just whatever your minik is. If you normally make one bracha, just l'haniach, then if you spoke between the shayyad and shorosh, you now say uh, amitzvahs on the shorosh. If you are like myself, and I'm assuming, uh, you probably also say two brachas, so if you say two brachas, you probably also say two brachas, so if you say two brachas normally, then if you spoke, you have to say both brachas on the shorosh, because the bracha that you said l'haniach, separated, is broken. And now you have to make two brachas on the Shorosh. Now the Mishaburah brings down in Simen Chafei, Sifkat, and Lamed Beis, Nochen sheyemashmish oz b'shal yad l'hazizo mimkomo v'yachzer ha-kesher u'bezet tachzer brachas l'aniach. So the Mishaburah says if you're going to make two brachas on the Shorosh, so you just make two brachas, put the Shorosh on. But he says it's better move the shalyad out of place, then move it back into place, then make the two brachas, so it's sort of like you're making the first bracha on the shalyad. But that's if you spoke. So you're generally not allowed to speak at all. If you did speak, you have to now trigger the second bracha or the two brachas, depending on your personal minute. Now, if you spoke, the only time, you're not allowed to speak about anything, but if you spoke about the tefillin, you do not repeat the bracha, bidiyavid. So let's say, in between the shalyad and the shalrosh, you say to someone, help me with my shalrosh, which you're not allowed to do. Bidiyavid, you don't have to make another bracha. It's like when all those bar mitzvah boys... I'm sure if you've seen this, when they're putting on the tefillin and they're telling their dad, it's not tight enough, it's too tight, and they're talking, which they're not supposed to do, but that's why they have a, a month to practice. That's a minute. But the point is, they're not supposed to talk. But you don't have to make another bracha if you spoke about in Yonei tefillin. Now, what happens if you answered Amen, Kedusha, Kaddish? Because you're just programmed to answer these things. The Mishaburu writes, if you answered Amen, Kaddish, Kedusha, you have to make another bracha. I mean, the Mishaburu holds... That answering Amen, Kaddish, Kedusha is a hefsik gomer mamish that would require the two brachas or one bracha situation. Ravavadya disagrees. Ravavadya says, Kaddish, Kedusha, and Amen, while it is not allowed, if you did it, eh, it's okay. It's not considered idle speech that would trigger another bracha. But the Mishabura would require the making another bracha. It's something to be very, very careful with. By the way, one more halach about this before we go right there. The Indian of not speaking between the Shalyan and Shalrosh, there's two reasons. One reason is the Hefzik in the Bracha. The second reason has nothing to do with the Bracha. It's because the Pasuk says, They're supposed to be connected. What's the Nafkamina? Let's say someone is putting on Tefillin without a Bracha. 
You're a Jew who puts on tefillin Cholamayid. They do not make a bracha on the tefillin of Cholamayid. That's the common custom. Or Rabbeinu Tam tefillin. You wear Rabbeinu Tam tefillin. You do not make a bracha on Rabbeinu Tam tefillin. So, I've seen people that put on Rabbeinu Tam tefillin and they talk because they think to themselves, the whole Indian are not talking is because of the hefzik. The answer is no. The Indian are not talking is not just because of the hefzik in the bracha. If that was the case, then you're right. You could speak in between the Shaliyah and the Shorosh of Rabbeinu Tam or Cholamayid. The reason we now talk is for a second issue is because it's supposed to be, the, the Shaliyah is supposed to be connected to the Shorosh, the Lee hefzik. And therefore, it would be an issue to speak by Rabbi Tam as well. Um, okay, let's go weiter. A couple more halachas just to run through. Someone asked me an interesting shayla. I think this is because uh, my mother is doing, uh, for some of the women, they're doing a challah bake tomorrow. So some of the women, it's the first time making challah, separate challah. But Hashem, they're doing a mitzvah for the very first time. So someone asked me, is there an Indian of saying shechianu? Because shechianu is interesting. Shechianu is you, bar, you bless Hashem for... Let's say there are mitzvahs that we do yearly. Baruch Hashem, we got to Yom Tov. Baruch Hashem, we got to the first time shaking Lil Van Esser. There's generally no bracha being said on the first time you do a mitzvah for the very first time. You see, there's generally, there's Shechianu because I did a certain mitzvah that comes once a year. What about a mitzvah that you do all the time, but it happens to be the first time you're doing it? So the first time a bar mitzvah boy is wearing tefillin. Do you say Shechianu? So there's three shitas amongst the Paiskim. The Ramah, the Rekeach. I'll start with the Rishonim. The Rekeach says, yes, you make a Shechianu on the first time you do any mitzvah. For the first time you do it. So that would mean if you have a, an adult who's giving tzedakah for the first time, make a Shechianu. The Ramah writes, which obviously the, you know, Ashkenazi Paisik, the Ramah writes, you make a Shechianu when you do the mitzvah of Kisei Adam. The Ramah in the Hilchus Kisei Adam, he's describing a mitzvah that is definitely not done very commonly. And he says, the first time a Jew has ever done the mitzvah of Kisei Adam in your life, you say Shechianu. So that would mean, according to the Ramah, if a person is separating Chala for the very first time, say Shechianu. That is not the view of everybody. The Shach, Prichodosh, Chida, and Revavadia and Tzitzliezer all disagree. And they say, no, Shechianu is not said on these mitzvahs, which are done routinely. Even though for you it's the first time, but it's, it's not a mitzvah that warrants it. So you have these two different shitas. Svaridim definitely don't. Ramah said too, but the shach was also Ashkenazi, so it's a bit debatable. Then you have the third shita, which is the pre-tire. Interesting shita. The chasam soifer and the tshuva brings down the pre-tire. The pre-tire says, I have a middle shita. And that is, not every mitzvah that's done for the first time warrants a bracha. Only tefillin of a bar mitzvah boy. Why? Tefillin bar mitzvah boy, why? Because he says, you're entering a new stage. Meaning, let's say you have a person, he never, he never separated challah before. A woman never separated challah. Pretorius says, don't make another bracha on that. It's, it's a mitzvah that you could do every day. But a bar mitzvah boy, it's, not, it's a change. He's now, all of a sudden, he's a bar chiyuv. So the ikar bracha is not just for the mitzvah, it's a mitzvah that represents a new kufa of his life. That's the Pretorius says. The chasam soifer brings down the sheet of Pretorius, and he says, this explains a minig in his makim. Not necessarily that he endorsed it, I think so. He says in his makim, the midnag was that women, that when they go to the mikvah for the first time before their weddings, right? women don't go to the mikvah until they're a kala, the first time they go to the mikvah, they would say shechianu. Dafka that mitzvah, why? He says, because it's the same thing. You're entering a new tkufa. She's now married. It's a new tkufa, so therefore that's the sheet of the pre It's basically three sheets. You have some say yes, 
Some say no, and they have the pre-tire, which is mitzvahs that represent new tkufas require new bracha. How do we practically paskin? We all know how we paskin. Whenever you're dealing with brachas, savik brachas lahakal. So with shechianu, it's advisable to try to have a new clothing or a new fruit to avoid the shaila. Happens to be, I don't want to be the, the, I would say Grinch, but it's not our religion, but I, I don't want to be that guy. I personally don't make a shechianu a new fruit. It's not just me. I mean, uh, Ramesha Feinstein and Rav Shechter held that way. The reason being is because the Indian of making a shechianu on a new fruit, if you do the chavod, I'm not, I'm not trying to be, I just mentioned the shita because I think it's interesting. The, the, the Indian of making a brach on a new fruit, right, so Ramosha, was you have to remember what the world was. Before they have these 24-year, 24-hour, 365 markets, you were living in a shtetl. You didn't have an orange because it wasn't orange season. All of a sudden, you go to the market for the first time. It's now orange season. You say, Baruch Hashem, I survived the winter and I made it to orange season. So, 20, 20 exactly. So, so Ramosha says, it's not like I'm making a bracha on like, people say, I haven't had an apple in five months. It's not the point. It's Baruch Hashem, I survived to get to the new season, the apricot season. I haven't seen it. It wasn't accessible. But right, so Ramosha, if you find yourself in a location where you can get it, 24-7, which you can. You can get all these fruits 24-7. You just have to go to the Bronx. They have a market. Because of shipping from all over countries, you can get every type of fruit. Yeah, maybe not. It's out of season, so it may not taste as good because it came from... But it, it, you can get you can get an apricot. You can get a pear. You can get an apple, a pineapple, 24-7, 365. So says Ramosha, what's the Indian of Shechiyonu? Because I haven't eaten in six months. It doesn't matter. It's not... It's not the Indian of the bracha. That's that's where Moshe Shita. It's not the Indian of the bracha, and therefore Moshe says it's not right. Rav Shachta said the same thing. But if you want to make a shechianu bechavod, I'm not. I'm not. God forbid, detracting from it. But that's the Shita of Ramosha and of Shachta. But the point is going back to the shaila. If you're doing a mitzvah for the very first time, if it warrants a shechianu, it's a shaila. And the best thing is to have a fruit or to have a new suit available or to have a new clothing that you're wearing for the very first time to avoid shailas. No, that's why Rosh Hashanah we paskin. You really make the Shechianu with the with fruit or without. It's just nice to have a new fruit. You're right. According to Ramosha, there's really not much of an added thing. You're making the Shechianu because of the Yom Tov. But uh, that's Ramosha Shit. Again, I, I don't want to be that guy that, God forbid, if, you, if it makes you happen to make Shechianu, Bechavod, continue. But that's that Shit of Ramosha. Um, a couple more halachas, just to mention. Uh, someone asked me, is there an Indian, a problem of taking off two articles of clothing at the same time? Now, what this, what this is referring to is like this. The, the Gemara in Harius tells us that the, the Gemara in Harius, I think it's Daf Yud Gimel, the Gemara lists certain things that you're not allowed to do because it'll cause you to forget your learning. It's Kabbalistic things. Brought down the Gemara. This is not a, you know, a result. It's a Gemara. One of the things that you're not supposed to do because it'll cause you to forget your learning is you're not allowed to wear two articles of clothing at the same time. Now, how would that be? I've thought about this. On a practical thing. What does it mean to put on? It's hard to put a pant and shirt on at the exact same time. So I was thinking... A very easy problem would be you have a baseball cap, you put your yarmulke in the baseball cap, and then you put the cap on. So you're wearing two clothings at the exact same time. That's a problem. You shouldn't do this because if it causes you to forget your learning. That's the Gemara. The question is, what about taking off two articles of clothing at the same time? That you can do. You take off your shirt and your tzitzis at the same time. That, that's much easier than putting on at the same time. Is that an issue? That's not brought down in the Gemara. The Shulchan Atayr, the Kemarner Rebbe, in his commentary on Halacha, he says, yes, the same way it's a problem Kabbalistically to put on, it's a problem to take off. Rosh Zalman disagrees. Rosh Zalman says, this is my rule. It's in Halicha Shalom. Rosh Zalman says, anything that's for Kabbalistic reasons that we don't really fully grasp, it has to be exactly as the Gemara says it. No deviation. If it's at all different, not a problem. 
because he says we don't understand this anyway. So you're going to start being mitzdarif. Obviously, the commander was a very big mukubal, so Kenzai. But he's saying that these things are kabbalistic. You know what he says? To take a step further. The price that say the Gemara says that if you bloodlet, you have to wash your hands for kabbalistic reasons. Rishlam Yizamin and other price say if you give blood, if you donate blood or a blood test, you don't have to. Why? He says it's different. Why? He says anything, a slight deviation. He says bloodletting is removing blood because you don't want the blood there. It's not good for you to have the blood. When you donate blood or you test your blood, you're not removing the blood because you don't want it. You're removing the blood either to give to someone or to test it. It's because you need it out of your body in order to test. It's like a, it's like a positive action as opposed to like a negative action. Subtle differences, but Roshan Nizam says when you're dealing with Inyane Kabbalah, any slight deviation, that's you got to go with. A couple more halachas. Uh, two more. I have two more. Um... Someone asked me about, I, I, I sort of want to just read a few lines to you. It's not a halacha, really. It's just good to know. About just an added zahiris to be careful with the tefillah of brich shmei. When the Sefer Torah is opened, and you take the Sefer Torah out, there's a tefillah that should be said, called brich shmei de Maryalma. Print it over there, it's in the Siddur. People say it very, very quickly. It's a very beautiful tefillah. It's asking for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it's testifying, I know Avdad the I'm the, the Evid of the real Hashem, the only God, and it's asking Hashem's It's a very, very beautiful tefillah. You should read in English to like properly appreciate it. Let me read you a few lines from the Sefer Lekutei Diburim. Lekutei Diburim were statements from the Friedrich Rebbe that he just said over. That he wrote, he wrote this, but it's Lekutei Diburim. In Chelek Bey's Daf Shinches, this is what he says, Hasaba Rabbeinu Azokin. He says that I heard from my father who heard from the Tzemach Tzedek who heard from his grandfather Balatani. Amrli Mashakiba Memezrich B'Shem Reino of Alshemtiv. That he heard from the Balshemtiv. Shekasha eight Beis Psicha Sa'arin. That when a Jew during the time of Psicha, Yehudi Afa Posha B'Yoyser, even a simple Jew, Oimer Be'muna Pshuta, if he says with simple faith, Oimek Alev, from the depth of his heart, Berch Shmei Dmari Alma, he says that Tfila Berch Shmei, Berch Kisrach V'Yasrach, Bless the crown, that your presence should be with Klal Yisrael. If he says it from the depth of his heart, Hashem will definitely answer his tefillahs either entirely or partially. The tefillahs will never come back empty. And then he adds, that he also heard from his father, the Rebbe Rashab, who heard from his father, Marash, that when they open up the Aaron in Shul, in Shemayim, they open up the chamber called Oren Bris Hashem. In that room in Shemayim, all the mysterious nefesh of every Sefer Torah that was ever read and ever written by all the previous generations is contained in this room. And every time the Psicha opened, that chamber is opened as well, whatever this means. Machriz and Michal gets up and he says, Hashem beheichal kotche hasme panam kalaaretz. Hashem, come out of your heichal, fear him, tremble from him on the land. That's what Michal says every time we open the Aaron. Ukashihidi oimer, boisik shah, maumik halev, brich shmei. And when a Jew says the tefillah, brich shmei with his heart, Malach Michal mevake shebekashas, it says Malach. The Malach Michal davens, he says, please answer that Jew's tefillah. So just to Meir, again, it's not halacha, someone asked me about the tefillah, just on the Meir, because a lot of times it's said super fast. And people sometimes don't even say it because ter- take a moment, read in English. It's a, it's a very, it's an ace rotten. There's a reason why the most chashavitvilas of Klal Yisrael, the Aaron's open. 
There's <laughs> a reason why. So this is the Oren is open to take out the Sefer Torah. It's like a Maimed Har Sinai, so it's just something to be more... Oh, yeah, yes, correct. Understood. This is, yeah, that's a whole different can of words, but yes. Um, one last Shaila, and then we'll end with this. And that was, I was asked, I get asked this a lot, actually. Um, what is the deal with Goimel for women? Benching Goimel for women, um, do they say it? Do they not say it? Does the husband say it for them? Should they say it from the women's section? So very, very pikitzer, because it's, it's obviously a very big shayla with a lot of sheets, a lot of messiah. So it's like this. We know that benching Goimel is said for four things, right? Uh, prison, getting out of prison, traveling through the desert, getting, uh, 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 becoming healthier, and uh, seafarers, right? Traveling in the ocean. So it's like this. Anytime a person goes through one of those four things, you bench Goimel. So let's give an example, a very common example that people go through. Illness or traveling. Those are the two most common examples of Benjamin Gaiva. So you have a woman, let's say, God forbid, went through an illness, or a good illness, she gave birth. A good illness. She gave birth. Should she bench Gaiva? So the, the truth is, when you think about it at first glance, why not? It's a tefillah like any other tefillah. Why not? And in truth, the Knesset Sagdaila says she should. Um, Ravavadya says that she should. Why not? Let her say it from the men, from the women's section, or with childbirth specifically, it's very easy because there's if it's a bris, there's ten men by the bris. Let her pull over ten men to the side, which I've been a part of by Svardi bris, and they'll have ten men go over to the mother. She's right there, and or and even if it's a girl, there's usually family members getting together, some party getting together, whatever. Shlomo Zalman brings down that the minig in Yerushalayim is they would bench goimel, women would bench goimel, but only for uh, giving birth, not the other three, for illness, giving birth, that was the minute Yishalayim, that they would bench Gaimel from the women's section. I remember I, I saw once, it was the first time I ever saw it, I saw a woman bench Gaimel when I was in Eretz Yisrael, and we were, we were in Beit Shemesh, in the real Haredi Beit Shemesh, a woman sat over from, she was in Sabaros, this was, I was in Eretz Yisrael when Sabaros got bombed, and she was there, so this is, I think Sabaros bombing might have been a Thursday, that Shabbos morning, she benched Gaimel because she was in Sabaros at the time. That's the shita to say it. However, Many, many, many Paiskim bring down the minig is not to say it. Now, why that is, it's very simple. It's kol kvuda bas melech penima. It's not, I'm not going to say not appropriate. It's not comfortable. It's not within our way for women to get up in front of laning, in front of all these men to bench Gaimel. The Mishabura brings down such a day that because it's not kol kvuda bas melech penima, therefore, uh, the, the minig was not to. Or Cheshulchan also says the minig was not to. That's the Mishabura. Now, because of these things, first of all, I mean, anytime, listen, if you're Sfarid, you have a Messiah, that's one thing. But if you're not, if you don't have a full Messiah, you'll go, Safi Brachos Lahakal. Mishabura says the minig is not to. So, now the, here's the Shiloh. What would the Mishabura say about a husband saying it for the wife? So that the Mishabura says, it's a Shiloh in the Rishon, and the Mishabura says, no. Because while they say Ishte Kigufai, at the end of the day, he did not go through what she went through. If they both went through childbirth, okay, fine, so you can be mighty here. But they didn't. So you can't be mighty someone else if you didn't go through it. And therefore, the husband cannot say goimel for the wife. So what says the Mishabura should you do? So he brings down in the Bir Alocha from the Sefer, I believe, Teres Chaim, that he says, you know what you should do? When the woman is in shul, when she's well enough to go to shul, and she hears in Aliyah, 
if it's the husband gets an aliyah, but she hears an aliyah, you know what she should do? When she answers, Baruch Hashem Amvayrach from her seat, she should have in mind to thank Hashem for what she went through. And that's, that's the Mishabura says, that's what she should do, and that is the minute. So practically, I'll tell you like this, I think I mentioned the story, I don't know if she listens to the, the, the podcast, but maybe she does. Um, throughout the years, I, 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 do not, I do not have women bench climbing over here. First of all, since we moved here, over here, it would be very, very difficult. You won't be able to hear her. She would have to be screaming. It would create a shtickle balagan, which I'm not into. In the old place, we only did it once. Um, and I, I think I told you a story where I had, a, a, during Mincha, a woman bench goimel from behind the Mechitza, Mincha Shabbos. So a guy came over to me, and he said, I don't understand, this morning you told my wife, you told me that my wife shouldn't bench climb, why should she go? So I said, your wife flew in from Florida, she was attacked by a leopard. The woman who fetched climbed, she was actually, she was going on a safari in, I think, South Africa, and she and her parents of Shuath was attacked by a leopard. Mamish, like a leopard was stalking them, and Mamish, she happens to be a, a PA, so she stitched up. Mm-hmm. Mom, so I said, and she, she, she was uh, shaken up by it, and she wanted to lahoy this Hashem. So I said, fine, fine, okay, so fine. I said, come Mincha on Shabbos. Mincha is a much smaller crowd, don't worry. So I said, I said, you, you, I said, you flew on first class to Florida. She got attacked by a leopard. It's a whole different mindset. The point is, so that, that's the, those basic sheetas. Um, okay, that, that's, uh, that's the story. We'll stop here. So the rule for uh, surgery brought down the is if, you're, if you were in bed... I don't mean in bed like in bed, but if you're in the hospital, especially overnight, yeah, you, you should bench climb. It's a, it's a chayla, it's a chayla, a chayla, it's a chayla. I'd have to ask a doctor about the about the things, but correct. It says nafalamishkov. I don't know. That's a good Shiloh. I know that historically it was you were staying in the hospital overnight, but nowadays you're right. I don't know. I'd have to ask. I have to check it up. It has to do with the danger of the procedure. It's not. Listen, even if you if you have a stent put in, I'll be honest with you. That's a dangerous situation. Even if you're telling me it's out, that's 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 a, that's a serious surgery. But if you're telling me that it's something that's really done quick, quick, quick. Uh, yeah, then maybe not. It would really depend on the, the, the severity of the surgery and the severity of the illness. What's the emergency? That's a good point. The minig is to do it by laning, but you could do it not by laning. That's why women the, historically did it by the bris. They just pull 10 people together. The minig evolved by the, by the laning, but you could do it with 10 people even. Just one quick point to make. Rishlam Azalman says the reason why the minig in Yerushalayim was only to bench goimel by childbirth and not by anything else was for two reasons. First of all, by childbirth, you generally have 10 people together by the bris. Secondly, because when women give birth, they bring a carbon taida. So Yeh Ledis brings a carbon taida. That's why he feels that was Rishlam Azalman Halich